The TARDIS cloister bell. Imminent disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cloister Bell podcast. Just bear with me. I've got a nice, cool drink. Oh, where's my drink? Oh, I've got a Prosecco. Very refreshing. Um, uh, r- random Paradise Towers reference there, but uh, I do need a nice, cool drink. Have you got one there, Rob? I've got a Prosecco. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, yes, welcome back to the Cloister Bell podcast. I've got a Coke. My co-host, Rob, is, uh, has gone up in the world and has a Prosecco. How very posh. Yeah. Uh, how's it going, Rob? It's good. I started the day with a hot chocolate for breakfast. <laughs> I was going to say, I started, I started the day with a Guinness. Cream. No. <laughs> Tell the day might end. Um, yeah, I had... Um, is, this, is this a breakfast chat now? I had toast with a hot chocolate with a lot of squirty cream, like a lot on top. <laughs> right, okay. And I now, had a banana. Now one of the Prosecco. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Bananas are good. Yes, yes they are. Um, I, I know that, I'm trying to think of what Christopher Eccleston said, and I can't. And I can't. There's only so much Doctor Who references you can chuck into a Doctor Who podcast. Or is there? Um... Uh, I'm to think of one. <laughs> Non-spring to mind. <laughs> I guess it will come up with some uh, further on. Um, any updates in terms of social life? No, no, no social life. Been up too much. Um, well, a while ago, I was—I don't know if I've told this story—but I was sat on the city, um, and I was just thinking. I turned to my wife and I said, "You know what? I think I, I think I want to I want to find a hobby." And she looked at me. She went, you've got a hobby? I went, what? And she gestured, she made a gesture to the laptop on my knee. She said, you're doing it? And I was busy editing the podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I think of this as like a job. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a not, pain not, in the arse. It's something you've got to do. No, um, more, you know what I mean. It's a profession. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you, when people ask you what you do, do you say you're a Doctor Who podcaster, Liam? Uh, it's that never, no. It has actually cropped up in a couple of conversations. I, I've got a friend of mine called Jack, and um, his sister's girlfriend um, is a massive Doctor Who fan. Um, his sister apparently isn't isn't into it um but he apparently he mentioned because he knew that i did a doctor who podcast and he mentioned it and apparently there was a the, the, um they listened to it and he just texted me just going it's really weird liam i'm listening to a podcast and it's you and i can't i can't deal with it <laughs> just, all right, okay um so some people are aware that you know i do a doctor who podcast i don't yeah i don't mention it in uh Usually, everyday conversation. No, I know there's not many people I meet who would really care. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, unless you mention it, and then just shout, nerd, and then run off. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, eventually, I mean, occasionally, um, when I'm on the phone with my mum, she says, so how's the the podcast thing? How's Liam? (laughs) (laughs) How is she? I haven't seen her in years. 
Um, Which is, it seems ridiculous. Right, she's she's good. I, I haven't seen her in a long time either. Because um, she's kind of moved. We live in the northeast England. Uh-huh. She's kind of moved, moved up coast a bit. So it's quite a long drive away. Hmm. Um, but she's doing fine. They were actually good. in a... She's fine, but they were in, in a bad car crash this week. Oh, bloody hell. Right, okay. Um, I got a phone call. And usually I think, okay... What's happened? Someone's ringing, you know, stuff. Um, but then, and then I could tell in the tone of her voice, she went, "It's all right." But uh, yeah, they they have a large seven-seater taxi, right. and um, they they were just driving back from the morning drop-off, and um, someone just drove into the side of them or from the side street. Apparently, they they didn't stop because there was too much sun in the rise or something but the the taxis are complete right off it's totally smashed good they're, god they're lucky yeah but they it's, they weren't harmed there wasn't any um my mum's she's hit her ribs quite a lot Ooh, but right. um i don't think there's any damage good so good. um yeah crazy wow this podcast got yeah. serious but i'm pleased yeah. i'm pleased i'm pleased she's all right i nearly yeah. got run over this morning did you yeah was, was that you <laughs> Uh, Sorry. No, it was one of those uh, drivers who decide not to use their indicators to tell you that they're actually turning a corner, so you're crossing. And then does that thing because, because I'm always careful, you know, I'm I'm keeping an eye on cars and everything. Then it's like, right, okay, there's no cars coming. Yeah. Cross the road. He's then turned, uh, and then I'm obviously in the way of the car now, but he didn't indicate, and uh, and then he did that thing where he has a go at me because obviously it was my fault. I yeah. just want to know, you just don't want to get whatever. Uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So there was that. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, have, we, have we even mentioned why we're here today? Uh, no, not yet. I just, well, <laughs> we mentioned we're a Doctor Who podcast, uh, yeah, so we're here yeah, to talk yeah. about Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll get on to the, the episode uh, late, uh, later on, although uh, I dare say the clue's in the title of the podcast. Yes. Um <laughs> Just in terms of, of Doctor Who news, uh, the new Blu-ray box set that's due to come out, no date has been announced, but we know what season it's going to be. It's season 22, um, which is Colin Baker's first season. Uh, and <laughs> uh, saw the artwork uh, on, on Lee, Lee Binding's Instagram. Um, and I think the, the... Yeah, nice as always. Yeah, yeah. The artwork's fantastic. Um and then, because uh, I think there was a little bit of a delay, so I think he put up his, uh, the Instagram post showing the artwork, and went, "Oh, that looks really nice." And then, um, and then there was a bit of a delay, and then it started to get announced everywhere else. Um, I was surprised, it, pleasantly surprised, but I was surprised that this was the next box set. Um, but uh, but there it is. Pre-ordered it. Uh, really looking forward to it. It has, uh, you know, it has uh, Vengeance on Varos. Which is one of my all-time favourites, and um, we've re- reviewed that. It has—is it Revelation of the Daleks? Yes. Which we've reviewed uh, in a previous podcast as well. Looks like it's jam-packed with a lot of special features, and there's the you know Matthew Sweet uh, interviewing Colin Baker. Mm-hmm. There's also one where he's interviewing Nicola Bryant, and it looks like there's one, and I, this is actually. Th- one special feature I'm really, really looking forward to. There's one where it looks like he's going to be interviewing Michael Grade. 
the man who cancelled Doctor Who. Oh, uh, yes, I, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah. and uh, a few uh, location shoots as well, revisiting locations. Yes, and I think... Um, so the, there's, there's one called Location, 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 and they go to the locations of... Uh, I'm assuming it would be Attack of the Cybermen, possibly, but certainly The Mark of the Rani and The Dalek Story. Yeah. Um, we planned to do that. <laughs> we, we were going to do a Mark of the Rani roadshow. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. Uh, but then uh, events... I even thought we'd have a one. video special. We'll go to the George Simpson Museum, we'll get on the train and video it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we had some really nice plans and I was looking forward to that, but then... We're going to uh... be wearing microphones, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then, twenty twenty happened, and uh, it's still twenty twenty, isn't it? Uh, that, I mean, that year's never ended. Yeah, it's just gone on and on and on. Yeah, as my wife says, this this is twenty twenty, two. Yeah, jeez. Uh, um, so yeah, that that was a plan we had. I'm sure also on the box set, there's a there's another special feature where they went to Seville. Um, to to obviously go through the locations that they went on Seville so that would be interesting and because I've been to Seville as well back in late 2018 um, back in when the world was a much better place to live in so that'll be that'll bring back fond memories for me as well so um, that would be quite nice so I'm looking forward to the release date uh, hasn't been announced yet. Um, I thought that would have been included, but uh, I suppose at this point it uh, it stops them from going. This is the release date, and then later on just going, "Eh, we're pushing it back." Yeah, they should just p- pluck a random date out of the hat just for a laugh and just put it on the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks good. Um, yeah, they always do good trailers for the Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one was quite nice, bringing Nicola Bryant back and uh, another reference to Brian Blessed's character. It's actually, I mean, because this is the other thing as well. So this box set will mark the, f- it it will mean we will have an entire era. As, well, I suppose technically it doesn't because we don't have the Twin Dilemma on Blu-ray yet. But apart from that, which was at the end of season 21, we will have the entirety of Colin Baker's time as the Doctor. Yeah. All done and dusted. Yeah. Yeah. Before I jump on to the main the main thrust of the podcast, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, just thinking, what have I been up to? Uh, I've been watching, you know, um, I mentioned last week I've been watching a lot of the Marvel Netflix shows again. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we moved on to Jessica Jones. Um, brilliant first season with David Tennant. Um, he plays one of the most dangerous Marvel villains it's, 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 you haven't seen Jessica Jones have you? Uh, no no I haven't No, um, he plays a character called Kilgrave and basically he has the power of mind control um, just by speaking to people He'll do, they'll do anything he says alright oh, okay um, yeah so it's pretty badass um, I moved on to the second season now and I think then we're going to move on to uh, Luke Cage haven't been watching anything else though. I did listen to your podcast today. Oh right. Uh which one? The second one. The uh, Madness of King George. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? It was good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked uh, how you included all the clips. 
mm-hmm. and um, yeah, gave me views and all the information. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks. So yes, uh, actually, this is a, <laughs> a perfect opportunity to to plug my podcast. Um, so I've got a uh, podcast which is just recently launched called Motion Picture Podcast. Currently, it's only, ava- only available on SoundCloud. Um, obviously, at some point, I will hopefully get it hosted elsewhere, but uh, it'll be easy to find if you search for Motion P- Picture Podcast. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as well with, with that. Yeah. Um, so, at the moment, I've reviewed the 1989 Batman movie, uh, and then, as Rob's just said, The Madness of King George. Um, by the time this has come out, there will also have been uh, The Long Good Friday, and 2001 A Space Odyssey and then I will be reviewing uh, in batches not one straight after the other but in batches I will be reviewing all the James Bond films as well I'll tell you one thing that I've uh, had an urge to to go through I mean um, I haven't watched Star Trek in yonks but it was you know I'm not a fan of it but you know it was uh, it was something that I thought was was decent and enjoyable are you thinking of the movies in particular? Yes, I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, you start with Robert Wise's um, motion picture. Yeah, well, to be honest, I've never seen the, uh, Star Trek the motion picture. I've seen Wrath of Khan and some of the later ones, but I've never okay. actually seen the very first one. Um, um, well, Robert Wise did do a director's cut of the motion picture as well. Oh, um, okay. It came out in... I'm going to say... 2001 to 2003 that kind of um, mm-hmm. maybe it was 2001 I think uh, but it was in the very early days of DVD so this this DVD came out it was £30 I got HMV for this movie wow, okay. um, but um, he went back and fixed a lot of the continuity stuff and uh, the imagery so one of the issues was um, all the stuff was rendered in standard definition so subsequent releases on Blu-ray have all been the theatrical cut. But yeah, there there is a theatrical cut out there um that he himself um did before shortly before he died. Right, okay. Um so yeah, I would definitely like to 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 go and watch the the, the Star Trek movies and, and review those. I've I've suddenly got an urge to do that and um I would definitely say The Wrath of Khan mm. Star Trek two is one of my all time favourite films. Yeah, well, it's you know it's a classic, and it's you know it's got the, it, I mean it's all to the point where it's almost become a meme. But you know you've got the famous Khan, and then yeah. uh, you know, and I remember it's been years since I've watched that film, but I remember thinking it was you know it was a good plot and it was a story told very well, um, uh, and it was you know had a very strong poignant end. I don't know yeah. that the third movie follows on from that. The the search, I think that's called the search for Spock, isn't it? It is, yes. Mm. And um, the voyage home number four, um, numbers two, three, and four, they kind of form a bit of a um, little bit of a trilogy there. Is that the one with the whales? It is, yeah. Right. Okay. I've never seen that. I just know that there's a Star Trek it's, movie about whales. It's it's actually very good. Um, very different tone. I think oh, the first four films, they're, they're all quite different. Isn't that where technically they travel back in time, but it's actually set in the present, i.e. the present, which was when the movie was originally released? Yes. In 84 um, or whenever that would have been. That's right, yes. Uh-huh. It's a very good film. I'm surprised you've never seen it. No, yeah, I've never seen it. it yeah. uh... And I know people say, oh, I love Wrath of Khan, but mm. like... I've, re- I've I've been watching it since I was four, you know, or <laughs> constantly. So I don't really do love it, yeah. 
big part but one of thing the year. one thing I was doing thinking of doing it would be separate from the podcast because obviously the podcast as the title suggests is all about movies but just for my own enjoyment of um, actually watching the original Star Trek series which obviously I've seen episodes uh, including the pilot um, which I always thought was really rather good Um, I would like to to go and and watch the the original Star Trek series as well Hmm. yeah really enjoyable it's only three seasons oh, I thought it was four alright okay even less yeah. to watch great there is it. There is an animated season it, before the cast is that the thing that's come out recently no no there is a um, came out a few few years later it's a Star Trek the animated series with all the cast oh yes of course I'd completely forgotten about that I don't think yeah. I've seen any of it though yeah there is some um, newer animated shows um, that came out last year and there's more out this year so there's a lot of Star Trek out at the moment. Mm. Um, have you have you seen any of the new Star Trek shows? Uh, no, I think. Um, when was the last time? I mean, we're talking a long time since I watched anything Star Trek related. In terms of television, um, I saw the I saw the, the the recent you know the J.J. Abrams stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, I saw the, that put those, you off. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw those Star Trek films. I remember that I thought the first one was really enjoyable. I thought the second one was a bit, uh, and the third yeah. one was I can't remember much from it, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, better than the second one. So I suppose, I suppose it uh, it moved up. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the television series, I think what would have been the last? I'm trying to remember them. Obviously, you had Star Trek: The Next Generation. Then, then was it Deep Space Nine? That's right. Yeah. What was after that? Voyager. Who was the captain for that? Cap. Catherine Janeway, and they were kind of mm. stranded at the other side of the galaxy. Yes, so I think... it was more it was more <clears throat> isolated than the other shows. Yes, I think I saw that. What hang on, what was the series with? Uh, I think he was a barman, small guy, had oh. like a ridged monobrow. Yeah, the, the, um, Ferengi, the the barkeeper. Yes, was that him with, with the big ears? Yes, him. Yeah, that was that was Deep Space Nine. Sorry, yeah. Oh, that was Deep Space Nine. Right, okay. And you had one guy who I think he could shapeshift and his face looked really... Yeah, Odo. Yes, him. I quite liked his character. Yeah. yeah that... that was Deep Space Nine. Um, right, I think I, cause I, think... I definitely saw Voyager, but I think I remember more Deep Space Nine than... Mm. I think Deep Space Nine, it's an acquired taste, but it's so good. Um, yeah, I remember liking it. Yeah. Um... And they did one um, called Enterprise. After those, um, it was kind of the 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 back end of um, that run of Star Trek, and it was like a prequel show. Um, good in its own ways, <clears throat> bad in a lot of ways as well. Oh, right. Okay. And then that was that was cut short, and then we had a a big gap before the J.J. Abrams uh, reboot. Right. Okay. Um, and those movies kind of you know kind of diverged from the. TV show. Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. Be- yeah. Because uh, literally, um, we had the whole thing with um, the original Spock turning up, and the timeline was essentially changed. Mm-hmm. Um, all all the brand new Star Trek shows are set in the original universe, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Duke kind of um, some of the later seasons of Discovery that's on now has acknowledged the fact that Spock vanished and. Um, 
the series Picard also does acknowledge that Romulus was destroyed, which happened in uh, the J.J. Abrams movie. Right. So, um, continuity-wise, it does acknowledge those movies, but yeah. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, it's enough con- <laughs> continuity. Before just like, ah. I remember once having a, a conversation with someone about, uh, about Star Wars, and uh, it started off as, you know, it's quite a nice conversation. And then they went on about, like, all the continuity, all to do with Mandalorian crystals, and then all the novels. And this co- and it was just like, I'm not yeah. interested now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of um, Mandalorian and uh, watching the new series of Boba Fett, which is a spin-off from The Mandalorian as well on Disney+. Plus. <clears throat> That's out every Wednesday. I think I saw um, some clips of that. Have they got a fat, bald guy to play Boba Fett? And the yes, fight sequences he... are like a really slow. I like how you've just got, they've just got a fat, bald guy. It's actually the same actor that um, that we expected. You know how in a, a episode two of the prequels, Attack of the Clones... Mm-hmm. Um, the worst Star Wars film. Yes, the worst Star Wars. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you remember there was Django Fett in the in like the silver and blue armor. Yes. And the so. child, the the child was Boba Fett. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that that actor who plays Django Fett, it's the it's the fat bald guy. It's the same actor. Oh, is because, it? Yes, because the child. The child Boba Fett was a clone of Jango Fett, a chi- and also the clone armies were, were clones of Jango Fett. So, um, you know, they had all these clo- these clone troopers, and they were all the same actor. Mm. Um, and of course, Boba Fett has grown up to look like him because he's a clone of him. So it's the same actor from um, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, but I just think that's a continuity error. A, a continuity How is it a continuity thing? error? And, sorry, I, I, that was a slip of the tongue. I didn't <laughs> the mean opposite. Error. I meant the opposite. <laughs> I think that's a continuity thing uh, too far because I, 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 with the clips that I've seen, I went, he's not suit. I don't think he looks suitable for the part that he's playing. It's a bit like, I don't know. Say, for example, you've got this actor who plays the cyber controller in uh, a 1967 uh, Doctor Who story. Uh, and then they they bring the same character back in 1985 in Attack of the Cybermen, and they went, you know what would be a really neat idea? If we get the same actor who played the part 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and he's you know a lot older and has put on a significant amount of weight since, and we'll get him to play the same part, and you yeah. get a... F- <laughs> you've got the fat cyber controller in Attack mm-hmm. of the... It's like... I get that. Yeah. And with with Boba Fett, it's I would say I'm not underwhelmed, but it's not it's not a remarkable piece of casting. It's it's so it's kind of fine. Um but yeah, the the potentially could have cast someone better. Um but it is what it is. It's good. Um what else was I going to say about it? I don't know. Uh, oh yes, um with Boba Fett um, they got this. You know how George Lucas would rem- remaster his movies every six months. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you were to buy the Blu-rays now, that actor um, George Lucas got to dub all the Boba Fett lines, mm-hmm. which is really a shame because we had this. You might, you might, you might not remember, but Boba Fett's voice in Return of the he, Jedi. Yeah, uh, and um, is he in Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, but mainly. 
Yeah, and Beatrix back as well. When yes, yeah, oh, yes. Carbonate. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's quite a very sinister voice. It's mm. not a New Zealand accent, so the other guy. Yeah. So it was like um, when he's putting him in the carbonate, it's like he means a lot to me, and it's 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 this kind of American accent, but kind of sinister. Mm-hmm. But since then, it's been redubbed in this generic New Zealand accent. <laughs> I don't know. It's not as sinister anymore, and. I've got this childhood memory of all these lines, mm. um, and it's it's to me. Um, I'm never fussy about Star Wars canon, but um, to me, it's not quite not quite what it was. Yeah, and it's like one of those things of like George Lucas. Will you please, for the love of God, stop faffing on with the Star Wars films? Mm. I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. I like the films. Uh, on the whole, I find them enjoyable. Certainly, the uh, you know the original trilogy, and you know I don't. I actually quite enjoy the Phantom Menace. I don't think it's as bad as its reputation. I think Attack of the Clones is the worst film. I agree, and I agree. But Phantom Menace, I think. I wonder if we benefited being an all right age to kind of enjoy it. Yeah, because how old would we be when like eleven, uh, maybe a little maybe. bit younger? Round about had that all, age. I had all the toys as well, um, and I was out buying lightsabers, and mm. it was, it was good. I mean, obviously, I could, I could see how different it was, <laughs> and how bizarre, and how CGI it was. Yeah, and then I mean, being and then being a kid watching it, I didn't think um, Jar Jar Binks was. I, th- I quite liked his character, and then when you rolled, it, just going, yeah, he is really rather annoying. Uh, but you know, I don't think the movie's awful. Um, but any, and anyway, and Attack of the Clones, as I said, I think is the worst Star Wars film. Um, and I thought Episode Three was quite good, although it, I mean it does have some some dodgy moments. No, being uh, <laughs> being probably the probably the highlight of that. But anyway, the point being is, you know, uh, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but I but I do enjoy the films. And one of the things that I uh, I do find a shame is that we cannot watch the films as they were originally released. You know, yeah. when, when Star Wars came out in 1977, you know, it was a huge deal. Um, it's a very well-made, enjoyable film of itself, and it's also historically important in terms of film. It relaunched, uh, you know, the, the popularity of science fiction in cinema, and then you've got the whole um, merchandise tying tie into movies, which, you know, really became a massive thing with that film so there's, there's lots of yeah. reasons why the film is historically important the fact that I can't sit down and watch that film I think is a, sh- a shame same with it Empire Strikes Back I cannot watch the film that people would went to the cinema to see back in um, uh, yeah uh, I think you can watch <clears throat> it on DVD the, the limited releases of the theatrical cuts but um, it's it was a bad transfer Right. You know, they're they're released as a as a, as a limited collector's edition mm-hmm. on DVD, um, the theatrical cut. But you know, it's just a version that exists. It's not a. It's not. Um, it, they didn't master it from the master tapes or anything. Right. I think they need. I think they need to do that. And by all means, okay, have have uh, the versions of the films that were released in. I think it would have been 1997. You know when that? I mean, that was the first time when George Lucas went back and tinkered with them. Yeah, they've all changed since. <clears throat> yeah, we, the the CGI 
Jabba the Hutt from um, episode 4 New Hope mm-hmm. it's so much better than it was in 97 it's completely changed and also I don't know if you know this but Yoda in The Phantom Menace he was a practical puppet in that movie yes yeah yeah but now on the Blu-rays it's complete CGI it's all been redone um, so it does visually match the next two films in the series right okay that's fine have them as an option to watch but let us have the option to watch the original films. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <clears throat> um, I, I, I want to say more, but I shouldn't. Yeah, I think I think it's because I think it's something that we could be talking about for for quite some time. Yeah, you know, historical importance and da-da-da-da. yeah, but yeah, the, yeah, you should definitely do some Star Trek on your podcast. Um, sorry, was this actually not meant to be a Doctor Who podcast? Because um, remember looking back at your description of the podcast, it was like Rob and Liam discuss. Doctor Who and many other things of interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that, think uh, I think yeah. I was think... this not meant to be a Doctor Who podcast? Yeah. Anyway, so sorry. Yes, uh, we'll we'll get on to Doctor Who because that's the the main thing. But uh, before <laughs> but before <laughs> then, um, we'll just do the you know the the social media information. So we are oh, available yes. on Twitter at Podcast Bell. That's the best place to probably get in contact with us. Please do send us messages about Doctor Who podcast. What you would like uh, to hear just generally get in contact that'd be nice we're also on instagram at cloister underscore bell we also have our own website cloisterbellpodcast.com where you can access yes. the podcast there there's you games. can also create your own profile on there and, um that'll be listed on our little uh, team you'll be listed on the team yeah um there's, there's there's all sorts of stuff to check out there so please do um like share subscribe share spread the word about the podcast that'll be absolutely fantastic um that's a great way to support the podcast if you would like to go a little bit extra, uh, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, the link is on our website, but you can also go to the Patreon website and search for Cloister Bell Podcast. Um, the uh, the pay stuff's quite is, is reasonably cheap. I think probably the what is it? Two pounds is the lowest. I possibly yeah <coughs> for um, accessing. Oh, I better double check in case I'm misquoted here. Um, yeah, because we'll have a, our first bonus episode is up at the time of recording. Yeah. Um, dedicated follower of fashion. <laughs> I think it's called. Yes, um, it is, yeah. And yeah. That, and that's when we're talking about uh, the Doctor's costumes. Yes. I'm just trying to gain access to the Patreon page. It should not be this difficult. Um, on our Patreon page. Ah, yes, a viewer's public page. That would help. Um, yes, um, we have uh, an all benefits mega o- mega offer limited to one person, so it's up for grabs for a pound. You get all our benefits for a single pound. Um, whoever gets that, it's first come, first serve. And yes, we have a bonus episodes tier, which is two pounds a month, um, plus that that Patreon takes. Um, but yes, you'll get our bonus episodes video diaries from me I've already done one um, if that is the kind of thing that interests you um, lots of other stuff on there um, right um, okay so I think uh, I think it's time to get on to the, the main chat let's talk about Doctor Who so um, before Flux and Evil of the, Evil of the Daleks Eve of the Daleks um, what Rob and I were doing were we were going through um 
each of uh, the new Doctors, um, meaning of the new series, I'm picking our favourite episodes from each. Um, When it came to um, Matt Smith, uh, Rob picked Vincent and the Doctor, and then we stopped because then bloody flux happened and we had to review that. So we're back on that. a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, yonks. Um, But the thing is... um, we talked about uh, Vincent and the Doctor, and that also happens to be my favourite Matt Smith episode as well. Um, but we we wanted to keep the pattern of us discussing two episodes each. So um, I went for the next best thing, and we're talking about my second favourite Matt Smith episode, which is Amy's Choice. So, so finally, uh, you know what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. So uh, a quick uh, plot synopsis. It is five years after Amy and Rory have married and reside in the quaint, sleepy little village of Ledworth, or Upper Ledworth. Amy is now heavily pregnant with their first child, but the peace is soon shattered as the Doctor has decided to pay them a visit. The trio collapse and awaken to find themselves once more within the TARDIS and the system disabled, and they are drifting perilously close to a cold star. The plot thickens when a mysterious, mischievous stranger, who calls himself the Dream Lord, makes his presence known. Have the trio awoken, or have they slipped into a dreamlike state in Ledworth? Only the Dream Lord knows, and the truth must be finally discovered, or the TARDIS crew could all die. Hmm. Uh, the cast and crew, uh, Matt Smith plays the Doctor, Karen Gillan plays Amy Pond, Arthur Darville plays Rory, Toby Jones plays the Dream Lord, Nick Hobbs plays Mr. Nameby, Joan Linda plays Mrs. Hamill, and Audrey Ardington plays Mrs. Pocket. The episode was written by Simon Nye and was directed by Catherine Moorshead. Um, I think this episode has a really good premise. Um, so, what the so what it is is that uh, we have this figure called the Dream Lord, played by Toby Jones, and he's made uh, the TARDIS crew fall asleep. Um, but we don't know which is the dream and which is reality. So in my plot synopsis, this is dead. So either the reality is they are in the TARDIS, which is drifting towards a thing called a cold star, and uh, the systems of the TARDIS are completely disabled, and everything is freezing, and the temperature is rapidly dropping, so they could freeze to death. Or they are in Ledworth, um, which is a a nice, sleepy, tranquil village uh, with very little threat, supposedly, um, Amy and Rory have appear happily married. They're about to start their own family. Uh, Rory has become a doctor uh, and has been looking after the um, uh, the the population of the village, who is it largely consists of old old age pensioners. Um, uh, and the threat on that is, is actually it turns out that the the, the old people are controlled by aliens who can kill you. So that's the threat. Uh, it sounds a bit cheap, that, when I'm saying this has a really good premise. And we have the March of the Dead People. Uh, sorry, the March of the Old People, uh, controlled by zombies, and, and they can uh, and they can kill you, so that's a threat. So what they've got to do is uh, work out which is reality um, and then deal with the, the, the real threat. But they don't know which is which. So, and it has this... this pr- premise of going well uh, and we cut between the two so are they you know we seem to have a dream going into a dream or a dream into a reality a reality into a dream and all the rest of it i think it's a really good premise 
we've seen it you know lit, we've seen it in literature uh there's a ton of french films that that do the same thing so it's quite nice for for doctor who to to do that to do this but in a really uh concise um palatable popular way but but it works i think it's it's a really good uh premise and there's a nice sense of threat and atmosphere um because we we both agree that Vincent and the Doctor is the be- the best Matt Smith episode for, for, from our point of view. Uh, in terms of your opinion, Rob, where does Amy's choice fall in your appreciation of the Matt Smith era? I have to be honest, um, pretty low down. Right, okay. <clears throat> uh, uh, this might be the second or third time I've ever seen it. Uh, I say second because I probably did watch it when I got the DVD. Mm. I wasn't very impressed with it. I thought it was a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. This is going to be a, a, a fiery uh, conversation. So, are you, are you talking about when you first watched it? Uh, and when I first or... watched it. Um, I, maybe I noticed a bit more substance this time around. But but, but it, it, still didn't, it still didn't work for yeah. you? Yeah. Well, the thing is, mm. there's this mystery. Um, which, which reality is real? Mm-hmm. But it's not really a question to us. We know which one is real, kind of. Well, we're ninety-five percent sure, aren't we? Well, we well, you yeah. know, of, of our assumptions. Um, I guess that the both the realities weren't were fake anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I wasn't that keen on the mystery. Toby Jones is brilliant, but yeah. um, I'm not that keen on. Um, what he was given with this story, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I was never a massive fan of the whole Rory Amy Doctor dynamic back then because mm. uh, I didn't know. Um, obviously, it was a very healthy dynamic by the end, uh, because the only weather stood. Um. And this is to question that this story in particular deals with. But um, there was this conflict of Amy, you know, where does her heart lie? And it was it, it kind of agitated me a little bit back then. Well, I was going to mention this later on, but we may as well talk about it now. I've got to be honest, I completely agree with you with that one. Um, I've, I know that he's a very popular uh, character. Everyone seems to love Rory. I've always found him annoying. Not Nothing to do with the actor. I think the actor plays the part well. So when I say that uh, I find the character annoying, it's it's to do with what is written, um, and it goes. And I completely agree with you. I think the dynamic between the characters um, is much is much better later on. During this period of you know of the Matt Smith era, I think because I love series five um, on the whole. I, I, I don't like um, the the Silurian episode written by Chris no, Chibnall, funnily no. enough. Uh, I, I'm not kidding, just get that dig in there. Um, uh, but on the whole, you know, I really like Series 5. Uh, I think it's got some really good imaginative stories and there's something about the, the tone and the feel of that series, which I just think is just lovely. Um, but it's not perfect. And the one thing that I think it, they really balls up on is earlier on, and it, it comes completely out of the blue, but I, I don't like the idea in itself, but the fact that it comes completely out of the blue, it's like, eh, where's this come come from? When Amy started flirting with the Doctor. Mm. 
and you know wanting to get off with him and it was like where the hell's this come from and then because we we reviewed uh the vampires of venice in a previous podcast um and that's you know we and that gets you know uh the doctor getting rory into the into the team yeah it was the previous it was the episode before that wasn't it where mm-hmm. um the end of the episode um he takes he takes amy back home mm-hmm. and she's kind of inviting him onto our bed yeah, and it's and think, St- yeah. Stephen Moffat, I think, has later gone on to say that that was a big mistake, mm. and it was. I, I would like to know why he thought it was a good idea at the time, because I remember watching it going, "Where the hell's this come from?" And it just seemed really odd, and it it ruined the dynamic between the characters for quite a while. And as you said, that thing feeds into um, the concept of the episode that you know Amy's choice and it's it's it you know, who's she going to pick and so on. I think on the whole, even though I don't like that relationship dynamic, I think Amy's choice, for me, I think largely deals with that well. However, there are moments within this episode where I do find Rory annoying. Um, There's a scene when the Doctor's trying to work out what's going on and everything, and he's, he's explaining it between Rory and Amy. And it's that thing of going, this is so you. You know, uh, do you remember that scene? Um, it's early on in the episode one? and Rory's sort of getting in at the doctor going, oh, this is so you, you're loving this and all the rest of it. And mm. I, I didn't buy that that was something that you would criticise the doctor for. You know, they're in, they're in this danger. He's trying to work out what's going on and there's something new and everything. Um, he was frustrated, though, because he <clears> didn't want to admit that this was the fake reality because it's the reality he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, and so I so I agree with you. There there are elements of this episode which are annoying. And to be perfectly honest, I still like the episode. And even though I've picked it as my my second favorite, Matt Smith, um, there's a part of me that thinks that mm, maybe I should reevaluate that because I've forgotten the name of the episode now. What's the one where that the Doctor and Rory become separated from Amy because they're in the same place but separated by different time. Oh, is... I don't know. Oh, what's it called? They're like in a medical establishment. Is this where Amy is old? Yes. What's that episode called? I don't know. I know it when I see it, if that helps. (laughs) Oh, what's it... Anyway, even though I've forgotten the the name of the episode, I think everyone... uh, We'll probably know which one I'm talking about. I've got a sneaking suspicion that really maybe maybe we should be talking about that episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, even though I can't remember the title, but I think yeah. that's probably you know because uh, it's later on in the series. I think the relationship between the three of them is 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 much better. They've they've yeah. moved on from from this sort of nonsense. Um, and I think a big part of it. So you know how I was going on about you know I like the basic premise of the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that something where? I mean, do you agree with that, or do you think it's like actually no? I think I think that the problem with it, it, the fact that the premise doesn't interest me and everything else on top of that. When you say premise, do you mean um, the whole situation they're in, or do you mean um, the whole issue of Amy's choice? I mean the situation that they're in. You know, the 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 fact you've got this thing called a dream lord affecting reality. Are they in a dream? Trying to work it out. No, I, I liked it. I, it, I was a bit disappointed that the Dream Lord wasn't 
somebody, you know, all racking my brains like, hmm, who is this? Do uh-huh. we know him? Um, but no, <laughs> it wasn't anyone in particular. It's just <laughs> a doctor. Um, and I know would would bring this up, or rather I bring this up every podcast, but, you know, maybe Toby Jones was a pre hartnell doctor. <laughs> God's sake, Rob! Let it, it makes go. sense. Admit it. Doesn't it make sense? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't want to think about the bloody timeless child. Oh, for frick. Sorry. Um, but, like, <laughs> otherwise it's like, wait, he never looked like that. But, yeah, he probably did. <laughs> there is another Time Lord that played by Toby Jones um, and Big Finish. Oh, okay. Um... A very good performance, actually, in comparison to this. Um, it's one. Of, it's uh, Dark Eyes with the Eighth Doctor, mm. uh, the first series, which is my favourite. And yeah, Toby Jones plays a mysterious character called X. Now, that's all I can say because I want you, Liam, to kind of check that out sometime. All oh, right. Well, certainly, and I definitely. I, I mean, I definitely work because I'm, I'm interested. And you have piqued my interest with that little bit. But um, Toby Jones is one of my favourite actors. I think he, it, it doesn't matter what he does or what he's in. He yeah. always does an excellent job. I just want to pick up something on how you worded. It might be me being just a bit pedantic. You know how you okay. were saying that, that the character X uh, that he plays in Big Finish is really good. You said compared to this. Um, did you, I don't know. Did maybe, you not like maybe... his performance here? I did, but he was very... Um... Pantomime's not the word, <laughs> but, but he was very much. Oh, I'm clearly the villain. Mm-hmm. I am the dream lord. Blah blah blah. I'm in control. Uh, it didn't really um, pique my interest. All right, okay. I don't know. I don't, maybe there was there was there was a mystery of who is he and what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. I thought they could have done better with him. Right. Okay. It's interesting because I I really, by the way, that the episode name I couldn't. It was the girl who waited. Ah yes, that was it. Uh, we should be talking about that. Why the hell did I pick Amy's choice for Frick's sake? Anyway, um, no, I really liked uh, I, Toby Jones's performance. I know what you mean. It. I mean, it's certainly not the most subtle performances that you've mm. ever seen, um, and it is very I, I am really the villain it. type performance. You know, there's some there's some fun moments like. Well, all of them, you know, in, in the butcher shop and mm-hmm. all these little, little moments where yeah, it, it is it is fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do find the scenes captivating and I always look forth, you know, those moments when he, he when he does pop up because uh, he's not in every scene. Um, yeah. So when when, you know, when he does pop up, I, I do like it and um, I do like the dialogue he's given and how he performs it. I mean, uh, when he's introduced, um when he's first introduced and he's having a conversation and he's really sort of uh, mocking the doctor, you know, that whole thing, of, you know, about, a, you know, when he's, because when, he, he's dressed sort of similar as the doctor and the doctor's yeah. going, you know, where, where you get this get up, it's a bit, it's a bit eccentric. And it's like, and, he, and then he goes, oh, it's a, t-, you know, it's sort of like, oh, you're skating on, uh, you're skating on thin ice with that one. I'm paraphrasing, um, but basically saying you know because you, 
you uh, what was the line you dress like uh, something a uh, first art uh, first year art student would design and you, all your twirly oh, yeah. quirks and you could mm. open a tawdry quirk shop um i like all that and i like how toby jones plays it um and then and then later on when, when the scene between him and uh, when it's just him and amy you know that that's very I, yeah, I when he's dressed like cre- he takes some old Lothario on his dress and goes. Like, yeah, and just got anything, anything could happen, and just got it's really it's really creepy, but it but it works incredibly well. Um, uh, Talking of creepy performances, mm. um, you probably haven't seen this, but he does play a villain in Sherlock. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, he plays kind of a it's a play on Jimmy Savile. Oh my he's god, this, that is creepy. He's not a paedophile, but he is um, this kind of repulsive person. He's like, he's a, the idea is he's a serial killer. He flaunts it in plain sight, but nobody knows it. Right, okay. Um, and he's got, um, he's basically got, been handed the keys to a hospital, and he, um, I can't really say much more, because you, you should watch it sometime. Uh, but he, it, it's very much... Uh, it's very much inspired by Jimmy Savile. The Lying Detective, I think it is. Yeah, season four, series four, episode two, that's it. Right, okay. Yeah. And I know that he was in the film version of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and he was good in that. And I th- yeah. He was in, um, he was in, oh, actually, I think he does a cameo in the second one as well. But he was in the first Captain American movie. He was, um, he plays that Armin Zola. Yes, he was in the first Captain America movie. He returned as the character... Uh, well, um, as a computerised version, if I remember. In a, yes. Um, also in season one of Agent Carter, he also plays the character um, in, in in prison. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's only three times. Oh, um, I don't know if he plays the character or not, but the character, I think, did return for the animated series What If recently on uh, Disney+. Plus. Right, okay. No. <laughs> um, one of the things uh, it, it sounds really odd now because uh, because saying that this is one of my favourite Matt Smith episodes and it feels like we've just gone it's not all that really because one of the things that <laughs> it's like the whole thing the threat of the village I don't th- I don't know what it is just saying it's it's a bunch of old people and aren't you know and using the aren't old scary aren't old people scary because the old trope um i don't know it wasn't really scary it was like mm. laughable almost yeah and you've got them all they came to like it's this it's this old person apocalypse and they're attacking the house <laughs> yeah and the fact because even the dream lord goes you know the whole thing of like even he seems to mock the mark because he even says oh it's look it's the march of the old people uh in a way which seems to like mock the premise um, I love I love all the stuff in the TARDIS and the threat there and there's this you know the cold star how that looks the atmosphere in the TARDIS and the way it's lit and everything I really mm. like that they really went over the top um, making the TARDIS look frosty mm-hmm. um, looked like a bit of a pain in the arse to clean up actually <laughs> I did think that when I was rewatching that, just going, it just they've done a really good job of of doing all this, and it, it must have been an absolute uh, pain to to clean up yeah. and, and scrape off and everything. So yeah, 
It reminded me of um, every time the kids get something out, and I'm like, you know, you're gonna have to clean that up, and you know, you're gonna refuse to, and then I'm gonna have to have a go at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I I liked all that. I thought that worked incredibly well. The stuff in the village, uh, when I was watching it, going, I because it's uh, it's old people being the threat, and there's this you know the constant slow march of them. Mm. Was the idea of it's supposed to be zombie-like, but because this is a family viewing show, we have to pull back and try and be a bit more, I don't know, viewer-friendly. Maybe. Um, If that was the case, I wish they just went, look, let's... I mean, when you look at, like, Classic Doctor, it's like, look at the Curse of Fenric and the monsters that they had in that. Mm. If you want to do something monster-like, do something like that, or... I, I, when I was watching it, I kind of wished that they went, oh, just get some zombies in. And I think that would have been... And, and get it set at... I don't know, get it set during um, like late afternoon or early evening just to get a bit more atmosphere going on in the village. I, I, wish, they, I wish they went down that route. There's, so there's a bit of... I think there was just a, bit of, a little bit of a wasted opportunity. Yeah, because the, the, the fact that it wasn't really... It really could have um, turned into a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, and if you're doing sort of like playing on this this element of dreams, I think you could have really gone down that route. I suspect what it is though is that they wanted this division of going well. Rory really wants to, is really picking this to be the reality because it's the life he clearly wants to live in the, in that. But I think from a from an atmospheric scare, you know, because. You want that in Doctor Who, just get a bit of atmosphere and threat going on. I think I, I wish they did the village uh, stuff just a little bit better. I mean, we're talking about things, you know, which have killed children. I mean, that's really that's really strong. But when I think about the episode as as a whole, and I think about the village scenes, it's not the fir- funny enough. It, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. Mm. So I think that was a. Maybe a bit of a wasted opportunity, and but all the stuff in the TARDIS I think is really good. I like all that. Yeah, um, it all it all looked a bit unpleasant because it was like wet and dull. Um, it was like was it snowing a bit? Yeah, but I like snow, so I kind of like yeah. that. Yeah, kind of reminded of, like times when we would just sit in playgrounds in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dull. Um, having said that though, I think that when with Rory deaths. Rory de- uh, Rory's death scene I thought was done really well. Yeah, that was an important scene because it's the it's Amy's realization of what she wants. Yes. So it's the the real cuz she's always loved Rory but she I don't think she's realized to the extent that she has and then when he when he when he's dead then it you know it really hits her. And it's what triggers the the decision that they have to make which is like which is the reality. And the fact that it's like, well, if this is the reality, I do not want it. Rory's yeah. not here. And uh, I liked the... And it, I thought it did really pack a punch, which was when Amy is saying, like, you know, bring him back, save him. That's what you do. And he says, not always. And then he, and, the, and it's the lines, like, well, what is the point of you? Mm-hmm. If you can't if you can't do that, I thought that really packed a punch. So I thought that was a, that was a good emotional scene. I thought it was written well, and I think it was it was certainly performed incredibly well. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and so in order for them to, to come out of that dream, they have to die. So the way that they that's do... That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. It uh, says a lot about... Well, in Amy in this story, she was adamant that each reality was real. Mm-hmm. So, that, you know, she doesn't even know if this is fake, but she needs it to be. Yeah. She really, it's, it's all down to kind of our hope and belief. Yeah, which I thought, you know, was really good, strong... Uh, character-led writing and, and, and uh, as I said, played really well. Uh, quite dark because what they have to do is get into get into a vehicle and then and then go at high speed and crash into the house. Yeah. Um. So so that's quite dark. But they they seemingly have made the right choice because they wake up in the TARDIS, and the Dream Lord says, "You know, you 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 picked well." Um fair play i shall now retire so then he he goes the doctor doesn't buy this though because from his argument um the dream lord only has power in dreams so clearly this is also a dream as well so he blows up the tardis turns out the doctor was right um and everything's you know they they are back in reality now um, oh, yeah, problem solved. <laughs> uh, and then it's, uh, and you said this before. It's it's revealed it's revealed that actually what the Dream Lord was 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 the Doctor or the Doctor's uh, dark thoughts manifested, um, mm. which I thought was an interesting idea in the 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 aspect of, um, you know, the, the Doctor's insecurities manifested and 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 attacking him. Um, and was was he really bad though? Be, and and <clears throat> were they ever in any danger, apart from the fact that they probably needed to wake up? I think so. I mean, because they could have been killed. Yeah. You know, and the, and the idea of uh, the idea of not knowing what reality is 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 you know quite nightmarish. And that idea of right, say for example, if um, they re, you know they they came to the realization that the village was the dream. So they come out of it, and then imagine if they think that the the TARDIS heading towards the Cold Star is is reality, and then they just carry on as normal when actually they're still asleep. Yeah, I think it's quite. I think that that creeps me out to be honest. Yeah, totally. So um, yeah, I would say he definitely posed a threat. Um, I thought. Th- I suppose you have to have a, a, a sort of an explanation. What did you think of the explanation of the psychic pollen? Um, it was a very quick sum- summary of what, what's been going on. Mm. Um, oh, it was just psychic pollen. I mean, that's fine. That's what Doctor Who does. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a convenient explanation. Yeah, seemingly out of nowhere. For a, sim- for a simple simple problem yeah yeah i remember when i first watched the episode when it was originally broadcast i always thought that the doctor that was the doctor just basically uh uh i'm trying to avoid i'm trying to avoid a term for for listeners because it's it's been it's a swear word inappropriate bullcrapping um Amy, I thought he was. I thought he was talking nonsense. I thought he was bullcrapping Amy and Rory because, um, as a means of just going, oh, this was the cause of it when really it wasn't. But then, on, but on rewatching it now, I think that is actually 
I do actually think that's supposed to be the explanation. Yeah, I, th- oh, I thought it was. Yeah, but um, not all bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny with me reviewing this episode because it's sort of like, well, you picked this because apparently Liam, you liked it, but you've kind of. I think what it is, it comes down to, uh, I've always remembered the episode, and I've remembered it fondly, but what's always stuck in my mind is, I liked the premise, I thought the premise of the episode was good, Um, I loved all the stuff in the TARDIS, I think really at the end of the day what makes the episode work is Toby Jones. Yeah, um, are you left feeling that he was underutilised or should have had more appearances? Or do you think it was it was good as it was? I think in ter- no, I think his character was used very well. I think in terms of his his appearances, I think it was that was perfect, and I I liked his performance. I think, um, but it's one of those things. Looking at it now, I think had they cast somebody else, I don't think I would look at this episode as favorably as I do. Although that hasn't come across in the review. But as I said, I, I liked the premise. I loved the mm. scenes with Toby Jones, the lines he was given, the relationship. And I know you were saying it's, and I totally agree, it's not a subtle performance, but I do think it's a good performance in how, how he delivers it. Yeah. But looking at it, it's one of those things of going, had had that been cast with somebody else, I don't think the episode would have been as strong. I think mm. it, to such an extent that basically Toby Jones is what makes the episode. Because... Yeah. Essentially, because half the episode is in the TARDIS and the other half is in the village, and I don't think the village stuff works as well as it as well as it could have. It's not awful, in my opinion, um, but I it comes across as weak as compared to the other stuff in the episode. Yeah, um, they, they could always bring him back. <clears throat> it could be foreshadowing when he does play the Doctor. I think Toby Jones would make a very good doctor. Um, uh, I don't think he would ever be cast as it, unfortunately. But mm. if it was if it was ever announced, I'd be going, "Yeah, that's damn good casting. He he'd be brilliant." Um, but then, yeah, I, I would quite like to see the Dream Lord come back and Toby Jones. Uh, I think big finish. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised they haven't done it already, actually. Um, so is it safe to say that really that your your feelings towards this episode haven't haven't really changed? I mean, I... no, I was hopeful I would watch it now, and kind of enjoy it mm-hmm. more. But no, um, yeah, it was it was good, mm-hmm. but it was a bit meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think how I would um, rank it in relation to the other Matt Smith episodes. Now, I think it would. I think I would lower I think I would lower it. I think whereas, you know, when we were reviewing Vincent and the Doctor, it's like, no, this is still my favourite Matt Smith episode. I think it it's that good. Um so my opinions on that haven't changed. Whereas I think coming back to this, my opinion of it has, has changed a bit. I think I would lower it. I don't think I would put it at the very e- I, I don't think I would put it at the very bottom of the Matt Smith era. Mm. Um but I think it would maybe drop one or two places. And as I said, the girl who waited. It's like why? Why didn't that episode cross my mind? I think uh, at some point, sometime soon, hopefully, we'll we'll come round to watching that episode because I've got a sneaking suspicion that actually I'd probably go. No, that's the episode we should have picked for this one. 
Mm, yeah, maybe. And I don't think it kind of invoked any emotion. Well, maybe not in me because I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you were just making me remember when you mentioned Vincent, Vincent and the Doctor. Mm. Bit of a weepy one at the end. Yes, yeah, this, yeah. It's such a kind of a powerful thing. We have um, Rory dies. Amy is willing to sacrifice herself because she needs the other reality to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really feel um, too affected by that. Do you think uh, maybe um, they intended us to be more emotional? Did Were you emotional? Not as emotional as I think I should have been, given, and what I mean by that is given what the scene was about and what it contained. But that comes back to how it comes across. I do, I did think it was reasonably powerful, and I think it's funny enough. It's probably uh, apart from, I would say, the tawdry quirk shop scene. You know, when we first introduced to the Time Lord, mm. uh, the Dream Lord. Sorry, um, this is the the other scene that I remember. Because, you know, th- there is impact there. And uh, and Amy's line of saying, then, what is the point of you to the Doctor? I thought had some impact. But, yeah, when you compare it to how uh, the, the emotional impact of Vincent and the Doctor, you know, it's uh, that, especially that end scene with, uh, with Vincent in the art gallery, I either cry at that scene or I'm on the verge of it. It really, pu- you know, really pulls at the heartstrings. That scene, it's it's very powerful. And totally. Think, um, whereas here, I think it it was something. I think they were attempting something emotional throughout this whole thing of going. You know, the, the division between is like, who does Amy love? Is it the Doctor? Is it you know? Is it Rory? You know, what's her choice? And the whole. Um... And it's frustrating because later on. It's still a question. You know, when she's speaking over the communication thing, like, oh, your stupid face. It's like she's decided it's Rory she wants, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, so, yeah, it is, it, is a, it is a bit of a funny one. It's, it, as I, really what it comes down to, it's, I think this is an episode of two halves. I think half of it I really like, but what it, what that comes down to is I like the tone and the feel of everything that's in the TARDIS. You know, when the, and when the, the episode is, uh, I think probably at its most simplistic, it's, it's doing the atmosphere well. And I like, as I said, I know I keep on coming to him, but I like Toby Jones's performance and how all the characters relate to him. I think my favourite moments in this episode was probably with Rory, actually. Oh, when right. he's he's got the plank, he's like, I can't hit her. <laughs> <laughs> whack her! Yeah, so Rory whacking yeah. an old lady with You her. would, though, wouldn't you? Like, like I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd hesitate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another line about the, the eyes coming out of the old people's mouths. Mm. Was it Rory that said something like, um, have they got eyes sticking out anywhere else? <laughs> Or like oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are good things about this episode. There are elements of this episode which I still appreciate. But on on reviewing it on reflection now, and I'm surprised at this because, as I said, I, I you know the reason why we were discussing it 
uh, was because I was saying this is my second favourite Matt Smith episode. Not anymore. And I'm kind of surprised at that. I think it was this episode, because it's, it's been quite a few years since I last watched it. And it, it was something that, that fondly stuck in my memory. Have you formed this opinion since I opened my mouth tonight? No. Uh, oh, did you feel like this? No, no. It's... Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> um, I generally felt this on, on watching it, just going, yeah, there are elements of this episode which I do like, but then there's other episodes, the other elements of it which don't quite work. You know, I either find that annoying or it's not as strong enough or... Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. And then trying to form an explanation of it, of just going, oh, it's psychic pollen. Yeah. Something we've never heard of before and it's just pollen and it's just... It does feel a bit like a dear, dear ex machina and yeah. it, it does feel a bit cheap as a result it does feel cheap but that didn't bother me because it's the type of thing we're used to yes that's true i suppose yeah um but i think i think the reason when you when you focus on something like that in in, in something like doctor who it's because at that point just going you know other elements of it were disappointing and so it's sort of it's going to be interesting how I rank this at the end because at, even at this moment I'm still not a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, a little bit torn. Mm. Um, Maybe our listeners' responses will help. But before then, is there is there anything else uh, you'd like to like to add or? Uh, I'd like to add. Hmm. No, I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Now I did. Have you, ha- have you got the responses, or should I send you a link? Uh, no, uh, no, I did have the responses, uh, but for some reason... Do you, do you know that I do I do embed them all on our website every week as well? Yes, uh, I remember you saying just, that. Yeah. Just in case. I've, I've sent you the link now, just in case you couldn't find them. All right, thanks. But uh, no, I've, uh, I've got some. So, Philip Edney's got in contact and said, I enjoy the episode, but it is a really sad central conceit. The Doctor hates himself. You just want to get... Uh, you just want to set up some counselling sessions and get him some self-help books. Not sure it is a good way to end an episode or due to the central character who the rest of us love. Mm. Uh, Peter Morton says, fun, great story. Uh, Strange to the point. Uh, Schadenfreude says, honestly, among my favourites, excellent chemistry between the Doctor and his companions. That's true. Yeah. Good dynamics. Um, They've it's only his first series, but, you know, development kind of relationships with them. It's good. Uh, who Can Convince You podcast says... <laughs> Amy Can Do One. Yeah. <laughs> Harold, <laughs> that was you. Yeah. Um, neither the Time Nor the Space podcast said a ponytailed Rory smashing an old lady with a fence post is just perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read that response before I'd rewatched the story. Right, okay. So I kind of read it out of context, but yeah. Uh, the Doctor Who show says, uh, I never warmed to the Amy character after the trying to cheat on her wedding night scene. Totally agree, we mentioned that before, actually. Uh, however, this and The Girl Who Waited uh, are two of my favourite Smith stories, which suggests how good they are to overcome how I feel about her. I think this is very Doctor Who. Um hmm. Interesting how they mentioned the girl who waited because it was just like, oh, that's the one we, that's the one I should have bloody picked. Um, yeah. Uh, and Sam uh, got in contact and went just uh, Dream Lord and 
the two the two hands up emoji. So I think she's just basically saying fan of the Dream Lord, uh, which totally agree with. And I th- think did you get John's response? Uh, no, I can't see John's response. Can you read that out? Yeah, uh, John House, uh, the John House Show said, "I love this episode. Easily a top ten story of the Smith era." It's low-key, pretty dark, and I've always hoped for some sort of follow-up that goes even darker. Hmm. Also, Ro- Rory's ponytail, it's majestic. I hate that ponytail. But uh, but otherwise, yeah. I think it would have been interesting... I think at this point, it's it's a bit too late in the series to do a sequel to it. I think a sequel would have worked in the Matt Smith era. Mm-hmm. Possibly Peter Capaldi's, but definitely the Matt Smith era, I think it would have worked. I think... I think the the boat has sailed on that one, but it would have been nice um, to basically you'd do a sequel, and I think a sequel probably would have been a, a lot more probably probably would have been a bit stronger actually. Yeah. Did we get Peter Morton? Fun, great story. Did you mention that? Before? Yes, yes, I did. And oh, uh, Married to Who podcast uh, said. A great mix of funny and scary. Toby Jones is great and the core cast's chemistry is undeniable. I've always been put off by the casual suicide that exists in Moffat era who. Everyone talks about Rory dying over and over, but this is the first of three times Amy commits suicide. That's a strong way of putting it. Um, and it's not the way I kind of perceive it. But um, it, it's, it's right. What were, uh, what were the other two moments? I don't know. Uh, I need to think about that, but it's it's like what I said. I mean, it, because when she makes that decision that the village is the dream, I mean, she's not a hundred percent sure. It just comes down to the fact that Rory's dead, and I, I I don't want this. Yeah, if Rory's in the 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 other other location, whether that's a dream or not, and so you are taking risk, and it is quite dark. Mm, um, yeah. So a lot of people who are clearly um, fans of the episode, and had I read, had I read those comments prior to me re-reviewing the episode for the point of this podcast, I would have went, "Yep, totally agree with you." Um, but now, having reviewed it, it's sort of I still like the episode, and and one of our listeners said that it's it's top ten Matt Smith. I think I would still include it in if I was to rank the Matt Smith episodes. I think I would include it in my top ten. Okay. Uh, but it, I think it would be lower, lower down now. Um, yeah, because I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I mean, Vincent the Doctor is still my all-time favorite. I don't think that will that will change, and I think what that comes down to, I think, maybe it's the fact that it, at, at its heart, it has a heart. I could have really phrased that better, but uh, you know, it has it has an emotional quality to that episode. Um, which which this doesn't. I, as I said, it comes down to I like the premise, I like the concept of the episode, so I appreciate it from from that point of view. Uh, there are good moments, there are moments of humour, uh, moments of threat that work, especially in the TARDIS. But really, it's everything to do with. I was going to say Tom Jones, uh, <laughs> uh, Toby Jones being in the in the episode and everything. Oh, I, I want an episode of Doctor Who with Tom Jones in it now. Josh, remember Mars Attacks? Yeah, of course I remember Mars Attacks. Um, I did go... Um, I walked along to the Warner Brothers to see it. Um, 
I think I was probably nine at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was, I didn't get in, it was a 12. Oh. I, got, I literally got turned away. Oh, really? Okay. With, with the family. <laughs> I mean, I never said, you was going. <laughs> I think it was... They just didn't let us in. Oh, that's a shame because I think that would. Yeah, because I think we would. Yes, I think it came out in 96, so we would have been nine when that came yeah. out. Yeah, I remember like, oh no, so I could, like, went on my tiptoes a little bit. I thought, oh, trying to act older here. <laughs> the buggers. No. Oh, that's a shame. Um, that would have been good to see the cinema. But yeah, because Tom Jones is in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that now. It's a good film. Jack Nicholson. I think people forget Jack Nicholson plays two characters in that film. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He plays the does he play the the, the cowboy trailer guy? Yes, or something. And something the like president. That. Yeah, mm, and the president. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good film. Do you remember when Tim Burton made good films? That's how old we were. Yeah. We remember those days. And then it's like he, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah, just awful. Whereas, anyway. whereas the the 1971 film with Gene Wilder is just even now is just absolutely magical. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, back to Amy's <laughs> choice. So um, want to thank all the listeners for for getting in contact. We really do appreciate it. It's good to hear all your comments and, and thoughts on the episode. Um, so thank you very much. Um, so coming back to us, Rob, for our our con- conclusion and score, I think. I think we're probably much more in a line with the episode now, although I think I still appreciate it. Although I do think I, uh, my feelings are I appreciate it a little bit more than yourself, although I do get where you're coming from. Yeah. So your conclu- conclusion and score? Um, if I have to rate it either good, average or bad, I'd rate it as average. Okay. Um, I do agree with everything you say about Toby Jones. Mm-hmm. Um. That's a positive thing about it. Um, I've literally, I'd forgotten about this episode. You you mentioned it, and I was actually surprised you were considering it um, worthy of the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I thought, what that random episode, that bit of filler from series five. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was good. It was it was average. It was not good. <laughs> Here, Rob, you contradicted yourself, right? Okay, um, so my conclusion it I th- basically, I'll just be repeating everything that I've said. I think, uh, good premise, good moments in the episode. Really, I think it comes down to Toby Jones, what is what really makes it. I love his performance, that's what that's what really sticks in my mind. In terms of me giving it a score, um, I would rank it good, but on the caveat that it's at the lower end. It's sort of, I just think it it just goes over the average mark for me into into good, um, right. But yeah, it's 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 it is it's on, a bit good. Yeah, it is on that border, but it's so it just sneaks over because, as I said, really, I think it comes down to Toby Jones's appearance in it. I love his performance in it that much. Um, I it says what I've said. It's when it comes to Toby Jones, there's the there's no performance I've seen of his which I've never liked. Okay, um, we asked, how would you rate Amy's Choice from Series 7? Uh, we had 40 responses. It's from Series 5, but anyway. Uh, yes, I, well, I, would like, I was just going to get onto that. Um, people did 
point out in the comments. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they did. Yeah, it's it's like that time you slipped up and mentioned um, Winter Soldier, um, and everyone started attacking you. Um, it was just like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone pointed it out. Yeah. Um, but what I meant was. It was episode five of series seven. No, it was it was episode seven of series five. Right, <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty five percent said it was good. Okay. Twenty eight percent average and seven percent bad. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of you think it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the wrong? Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's our thoughts on on Amy's choice. Thank you very much for listening, Rob. What are we doing for next week's podcast? This was a hard choice, so we're on to Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Um, next week it's my turn to pick one of my favorites. The following week, Liam can pick one of his favorites. It was a tough one. I was looking through them all, um, but I did settle on settle Heaven, on Heaven Sent. It's oh. technically it's technically a bit of a two-parter, but not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know a lot of people. A lot of people rave on and love it. Some people not so much. Um, yeah, I thought it might be an interesting discussion. Interesting choice. Yeah, I definitely look forward to. Um, it's been a while since I've watched that one, but I remember. I I certainly remember it an awful lot. Yeah. I'll probably be able to review it without rewatching it, but I will rewatch it. Don't worry. Good choice. Yeah. I think it's yeah, very interesting. You're not too you're not too sure about that. No, no, I think it's a good choice. It's uh, um, it's it's a very striking episode, and I do uh, I do like it. Um, it, it yeah, it's an interesting choice though because it is an uh, it is an unusual episode. I would say. Yeah. Um. Uh, mm-hmm. um I haven't rewatched it in a while, but yeah, we'll see what we think. Uh, so, yep, come on, everyone, get in touch. Let us know what you think of Heaven Sent from Series 8. Yes. Not Hellbent. Yeah. Not Hellbent, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Heaven Sent. No, look forward to that uh, one. Nice one, Rob. Yep. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll speak next week. Mm-hmm. Tune in next Monday. Bye, everyone. Yep. Take care, everyone. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no.